Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. My name is Terry Barber. I'm the host. And I ask myself, why are we doing this program on the Ten Commandments? Why are we giving fundamental teachings of the church? And I said to myself, well, because it needs to be done. People don't know their faith. And so I want to give a paragraph for those who are just tuning in. I hope you own a Catechism of the Catholic Church because paragraph 2068 says it all. It says, the Council of Trent teaches that the Ten Commandments are obligatory for Christians and that they justify man is still bound to keep them. The Second Vatican Council confirms the bishops, like Bishop Strickland, successor of the apostles, received from the Lord the mission of teaching all people and preaching the gospel to every creature so that all men may attain salvation through faith, baptism, and the observance of the commandments. Well, we need to know those commandments, and we need to be able to uh, apply those commandments when our examination of conscience. It's critical that Catholics need to know that. Bishop Strickland, welcome back for another week here with you on the Bishop Strickland Hour. God bless you. Thanks, Terry. Thank you for joining us again here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Bishop Strickland, before we get into the Ten Commandments, uh, every week there seems to be something going on in our culture that uh, sometimes it's an actual attempt to discredit Christianity and even undermine Christianity and even sometimes become so wicked. And one thing happened uh, over in Los Los Angeles and San Francisco uh, where St. Honipero Sarah's statue was desecrated in San Francisco. It was blasphemously torn down. And the bishop, Archbishop Cordelion, who's a good friend of mine, I, I've had him at family conferences over the years, and I know he's um, just a wonderful bishop. And he did something that I was so proud of, Bishop Strickland. What he did is he did a minor exorcism, as you know. And I, just for the benefit of our listeners, I'd like to play a minute and a half of him explaining what he's doing and why he did it, and then I'd like to get your comment. Mr. Engineer, play that clip. We are here at the site where the statue of Father Sarah stood in Golden Gate Park that was uh, blasphemously torn down. An act of sacrilege occurred here. That is an act of the evil one. Evil has made itself present here. So we have gathered together to uh, pray to God and to pray, uh, ask the saints for their intercession above all our Blessed Mother uh, in an act of reparation, asking God's mercy upon us, upon our whole city, that we might turn our hearts back to Him. We came together to pray the rosary as Our Lady asks us. Our Lady is always asking us to pray the rosary, asking her intercession. The rosary has the power even to change history. Our history has shown that it can change the course of history. We bind together in in prayer and fasting and penance, but especially in the prayer of the rosary. So we came together to pray the rosary and then to offer the prayer of uh, exorcism, the St. Michael prayer, because evil is present here. This is the activity of the evil one who wants to bring down the church, who wants to bring down all Christian believers. So we offer that prayer and bless this ground with holy water, so that God might purify it, sanctify it, and that we in turn might be sanctified. God bless him. Bishop Strickland, what are your thoughts when you heard that or you heard about it? What, what was your thinking going on? Well, um, as bishops, we've been ordained to share the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, the reason Christ came is to conquer sin and death. 
and sin and death are, are evil. Um, I think what the great archbishop did was acknowledge that there is evil in the world. Mm. Um, I think as people have tended to lack faith, certainly in God, in, in holiness and goodness, the flip side of that is that they lack faith that there is evil. Good and evil are about as basic as it gets. And I think that's what the archbishop is simply acknowledging, that um, with a minor exorcism to protect the, the community from any evil that was there, any evil intent. Certainly it was an evil deed to uh, desecrate a sacred image of a, a saint, um, a reminder to all of us that we're all called to turn from sin and to live the good news of Jesus Christ, to be saints. And so I, as I tweeted, I applaud the archbishop for making it very clear. We need to be men as shepherds, as bishops, that are all about supernatural truth. Um, the, the overwhelming supernatural truth is God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to save us. And that happened. That's reality. We, are, we live in the time of the saved, of, of the time of Christianity. Even if people deny that, that is still our reality. So I applaud Archbishop Cordelione for just highlighting that mm -hmm. and acknowledging that, that evil was manifest in the actions of people who may not have thought deeply about it, but it certainly wasn't good spirits that motivated them to desecrate the, the statue of a saint um, who has inspired many people. Uh, a patron of vocations to the Catholic priesthood. So um, I think the, the archbishop's action needs to be applauded and appreciated. Well, Bishop Strickland, I agree with you. And, you know, our own Bishop Barron, who's the auxiliary bishop of Santa Barbara, said that lay people need to get out there and pray. And I we started this group called Catholic um, Minutemen, and uh, basically what we do is we pray. When we hear of a statue going down, like last <clears throat> Saturday in Los Angeles and the San Fernando Mission, um, we're going to tell people to go to the location with your rosary and just pray. And we, that's all we do. We pray uh, for the protection that our churches will not be vandalized. In Los Angeles, it seems to be going more and more. And um, I think that when strong leadership like yourself and other bishops, it really gives us lay people marching orders about the power of the rosary that he talked about by praying that rosary every day uh, so important so thank you for those comments bishop strickland i'd like to uh, now shift back to the catechism of the catholic church and again uh this is so important for our listeners if you're a, uh, a new listener pick up a copy of the catechism of the catholic church i can't encourage you more to start getting educated in the faith because i think bishop strickland said it a couple weeks back that the ignorance of the Catholic laity many times is what leads them out of the church because they didn't know about the Holy Eucharist and the real presence. And so it's really important that people study their faith. And one, one section, Bishop Strickland, I'd like for you to give us a little teaching on is in the paragraph under the first commandment, paragraph 2116, it talks about divination and magic. 
Um, this is a very important par- couple paragraphs on the church's teaching, saying that all forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead, you know, like the Ouija boards, things like that, are falsely supposed to be unveiled in the future. These things that the paragraph talks about, I'd like to ask you uh, as a bishop to give us a little teaching to warn us not to be involved at all with any of these occult practices, thinking that somehow it's okay. Because I hear people say that to me personally, that, well, I didn't think it was, it was so bad to get a Ouija board, but I'm going to turn it over to you and, and just share with us what our church teaches about these divination and magic. Thank you, Terry. Um, My pleasure. I think it it really one thing I would say just in more in general terms yeah, sure. is as we look at the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. each one of them is literally you can write volumes about it. Um, and I think that that's an important thing for people to realize. Yeah. The the actual wording of the commandment, like in the translation in the Catechism. Mm-hmm. First commandment, I am the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before me. Yeah. And so people might say, well, that doesn't mention anything about Ouija boards. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think that we have to have that same understanding sure. with all Ten Commandments, really. And you, it would be interesting to frame um, the whole teaching of the church, what we call the deposit of faith in terms of the Ten Commandments. Mm. Um, Like, you know, probably, as you said, Terry, people don't know the commandments. I bet if people know any commandment, and it's jumping ahead, but you shall not commit adultery. Yeah, you think? That's number six. Yeah. Um, But there's so much embedded in that, that the, the positive faith helps us to understand that that commandment, through the ages, has been understood to basically say we should be chaste and pure in the way we live in our sexuality. I mean, I don't want to jump way into that, but it's just an illustration. You might say, well, it doesn't say anything about any of that. It just says you shall not commit adultery. We don't look at the the commandments with a narrow definition really exactly the opposite. It, through the ages, with different saints, different theologians, just people pondering the Word of God, and certainly even, you know, it goes back to the great Jewish traditions that I'm only basically familiar with, but they had a great tradition of looking at teachings and expanding on them. And in many ways, the Catholic Church, for 2,000 years, has exactly done exactly the same thing. There are many um, reflections and the rabbis would teach in regard to what we call the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, which we inherit yes. from our, our ancestors. Got it. I'm going to jump in because I hear the music. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Bishop Strickland Hour talking about the Ten Commandments. Don't turn that dial. Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, 
but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code, the NPR, to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com code VMPR live porn free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. Leviticus 11.44 says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. St. Vincent Pilati said, You must be holy in the way God asks you to be holy. God does not ask you to be a Trappist monk or a hermit. He wants you to sanctify the world and your everyday life. May God show us the path to holiness and help us to follow it all the days of our life. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Before we get back into the commandments, I'd like to ask Bishop Strickland if he could give a plug for his catechetical program in his diocese, because I really like what I see on the Internet. Bishop Strickland, how can people take advantage of listening to some of the things you have to offer on your website, please? Yeah, it's uh, stphilipinstitute.org. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Philip Institute for catechesis and evangelization, lots of uh, adult education, podcasts on different topics. Excellent. Um, some things for youth, some things for children. Mm-hmm. Just really the, um, the idea is what we're calling the different seasons of life. Um, you and I are toward the, uh, we're not <laughs> quite in the, age, the season of wisdom, which starts at 70. Okay. But uh, we're in that season of maturity. Amen. Um, and so looking at all the seasons of life from infancy to natural death, whenever God chooses to take us home, uh, the, the St. Philip Institute.org, and that's it, uh, one, Philip with one L, mm-hmm. uh, based, uh, based on St. Philip the deacon right out of Acts chapter 8, where he literally, it says he runs up to the chariot to talk to the Ethiopian right. and share what he's reading about the prophet Isaiah. So that's the whole goal of the St. Philip Institute, and they're, they're doing a great job. I'd encourage people to visit. And Bishop Strickland, for those young men, 
And maybe young women, I don't know if you have religious in your diocese uh, for convents, but just religious vocations in general, priesthood, religious life. Can people contact you and can you direct them in the right direction if they're interested in becoming a priest or a religious? Absolutely. Uh, again, just go to the stphilipinstitute.org website and they can contact um, anyone in, in my office or me directly. Yeah. Um, if they want to instead, they can go to dioceseoftyler.org and either way they can get in touch with me. Excellent. Well, we're, we're covering the Ten Commandments in the weeks ahead. We're still on the First Commandment and we were talking about divination and magic and the Ouija board and, pe and people staying away from that stuff because it can only open up doors or portals, they call it. And one thing I would ask you, Bishop Strickland, is I've noticed that, um, well, one of the priests, uh, he's a exorcist, Father, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted here, but uh, he's an exorcist in the Midwest, and he said that one of the reasons the devil is so prevalent right now is because so many people aren't living a sacramental life. And uh, Father Ripperger is his name, Chad Ripperger. And he said that, that that's one of the reasons why the devil is doing so much damage because so many Catholics aren't going to Mass, they're not practicing the sacraments. And I get, I get all that. And so my question to you as a bishop um, and you, I know you have a great uh, devotion to St. Joseph, terror of demons. So I, <laughs> I get that, Bishop Strickland. But do you think Father Chad Ripperker's onto something that maybe we're opening up a porthole for evil when we don't live, as we call it, the state of grace, that we're not living a sacramental life, that we're getting into all kinds of secular things, and even non-secular, but even some of the New Age movement, it's opening doors and to the occult. Do you think he's onto something? Oh, absolutely. And I, I've had I've heard of Father Chad before. <clears throat> and, you know, I think people tend to think of exorcists. Oh, that's just movies and it's not real. But I think we just have to look around life, look around the world, especially these days, and see that evil is real. Um, and all of us can we're all born into original sin, according to what we believe in the teachings of the Catholic faith. And it, it's reality. It's not just what Catholics believe, but we're born into a broken world and we share in that brokenness. So the sacraments are about helping to give us sanctifying grace, to help us live how God originally tended us to live, mm -hmm. full of his grace, to share his holiness and goodness. Um, but when we don't make any effort at that, then evil has its way of creeping in. Even evil is there and it's real. And so absolutely, I think um, mm -hmm. one of the, the best ways, thankfully, probably most of us are not in need of an exorcism. Right. But when we're baptized, that's there is a prayer that is said that is called the exorcism prayer. Even in the, the today's rite of yep. baptism, yep. there's a prayer of exorcism. And that's an acknowledgement that evil is real. Christ has conquered it. But through our sin, we can still open the door to evil. And, and I, I would go with that image of opening the door. We let 
sin into our lives, and we all do, but we go to confession and close that door again and hopefully go through that process over and over again. Um, and the, especially the sacraments of the body of Christ himself, the Eucharist, to have reverence for that and to receive him as worthily as possible. And to, to increase that worthiness, we go to confession. Even if we're not serious, uh, aware of serious sin, we go to confession in order to be as worthy as possible. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy nope. of receiving the, the body and blood, soul and divinity of God's own son. But God loves us enough that he offers that to us, even in our lack of worthiness. And we become more worthy the more we are turning from sin. We repent, just going all the way back to John the Baptist. We just celebrated his birth mm -hmm. a few days, his yeah. birthday, uh, June 24th. And John the Baptist said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And we believe that. Um, we believe that for every generation, we can go through that process of repenting and welcoming the kingdom of God more deeply in our lives. And so absolutely, yeah. uh, we need to turn from evil and sin. And what people don't realize is, oh, I'm a pretty good person. But then you just, it's sort of like, um, like I said, going through the door, and then you take another step, and pretty soon you're moving down a hallway toward evil. Uh, you might say a slippery slope, as yeah. we said, to once you get on that, it's easy to do the next thing, and you're a little less virtuous, and you're a little more angry and uptight and, and focused just on the world, and it, it just sort of snowballs. You know, Bishop Strickland, Betty Brennan, who was a former Satanist, she was a, a witch, and she converted back to her Catholic faith, and I had her speak at a National Catholic Family Conference to about 6,000 people 15, 20 years ago, and she said to us that as a Satanist, they knew the difference between a consecrated host and an unconsecrated host, and that her talk was called Return to the Sacraments because she said the very same thing that Father Chad Ripperger told us years later, that the reason he, she, her talk was called Return to the Sacraments, and the reason is, she said, if you're living in the state of grace, the devil can't do anything to you. And when you're not living in that state, you're opening yourself up to all kinds of evil. So she just confirmed what I've heard before. And again, these are people who had played on both sides of the fence in the sense of the spiritual life. And so I want to encourage all of our listeners to read this section of the catechism on, on that. And it's right in the 2115 uh, and, and about four more paragraphs. But Bishop Strickland, I wanted to ask you also that uh, one of the challenges that our church has given to us as a uh, in the catechism paragraph 2123 it says this many of our contemporaries either do not at all perceive or explicitly reject this intimate and vital bond of man to god the catechism and the church is telling us atheism must therefore be regarded as one of the most serious problems of our time when I read that in the catechism back in the 90s, and it's still true today, think of what is going on in our culture. Many of the people who are upset at the Catholic Church are militant atheists, are former Catholics, 
So, Bishop Strickland, Strickland, what are your thoughts about the problem of atheism? Well, I think it is a, a huge problem, and especially, sadly, mm -hmm. among young people, it's almost the, the popular thing to say, oh, I'm atheist. Yeah. Um, I really, personally, I think that for most people, they're really not atheist, even if they claim that. Because if you think through it logically, mm -hmm. then what meaning is there to a life where you truly believe there is no God and all of this just sort of fell into place and happened by, you know, strictly by chance, um, then it gives you no reason to have a morality, to have values in your life. So I don't think many people, thankfully, many people are really true atheists. I think there's a, 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 there's a popularization of it to kind of say, oh, well, I'm, I'm a thinker and I'm based on science and and I believe in, and we can figure everything out. But even with people that like that, I don't think if you really push it that they are truly atheists. But on the flip side of that, let me share a little story of do. just a, a book that I'm reading. Um, it's a very interesting book that, uh, one thing that as we're talking, I'm, I'm sure that people would say, where are they getting all this stuff about evil and, and uh, divinization and all these questions? The first commandment doesn't say anything about any of that. But when you wander from God, you wander into darkness. Yep. But the little story I wanted to share, I'm reading a book of quotes from what, what demons have said yeah. as exorcists have been ridding a person of that possession of that, maybe not a, a strict exorcism, but anyway, the demons talk sometimes through the person, these horrible voices, and they, they screech and all of this. But one of the quotes that I, I read recently was about the story about one of these instances, and it's recorded by this exorcist, that the demon said, if even 1% of you people, I mean, and it's interesting, the, the demons are really crass in the way they talk. They don't, they don't have good ethics. Oh. You might they're not, they're not uh, polite people. Oh. They're not polite entities, but as, as you would expect. But they, you know, they're real ugly, real smart alecky in the way they're recorded. Um, but this demon says, if 1% of you people really believed how much God loves you and how true the grace of God is, we'd be sunk. I mean, speaking of all the demons, of, of all the evil entities, um, I just think that's a great uh, illustration. Uh, he says, very smart, Alec, if only 1% of you, and this is an exorcist recording what this demon says as, as the person's being... Um, exercised and I think it really emphasizes some important things. Bishop Strickland we're just going to come back with another quick break I've got a story about Louis Pasteur on atheism when we come back we'll hear more on the Bishop Strickland Hour
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. In Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber. I'm the host, and Bishop Strickland gave a very powerful story about the devil, 1%. Oh, my goodness. About And that's why it seems to me, Bishop Strickland, that people have to understand that. And I said this earlier, that if God stopped thinking about you, you'd cease to exist. That's how much love Jesus and God has for us. But, Bishop Strickland, I have a quick story to share about Louis Pasteur. And this happened on a train about 150 years ago. And I read it in another book because I'm a reader like you. And what happened is this college student was on the train and he saw this old man praying his rosary. And the college student went over to the old man and said, Old man, get rid of that rosary. Don't you know science has the answer? Religion doesn't have any answers for the purpose of life. And Louis Pasteur, he didn't know it was Louis Pasteur. He goes, Oh, really? Tell me more, young man. So he starts telling him about what he's learning in college about atheism and so Louis Pasteur sends him a little note and says, Would you mind sending me more literature? I'd like to dialogue in the future with you. And the young college student says, Oh, yeah, old man, just give me your name and address. I'll mail you all this information I'm learning. So when he gave him his card and he said, Louis Pasteur, the young college student goes, What? you got to be kidding me. You're Louis Pasteur, the famous. What? You're, you want? Oh, oh. and so... He kind of took it back and said, well, maybe I, maybe I can learn something from you. So the point of it is, uh, Bishop Strickland, is atheism has been a big problem for a long time. And I think 
Sometimes the witness of our joy and our love for God can really help people realize that life isn't really worth living without God. If God doesn't exist, then nothing is in really important except you, you, know, you live for 80 years and 100, you know, 70 for, 80 for those who are strong and you die. I mean, I believe that an atheist has more faith in atheism than it takes to have for God because you can reveal, God re- reveals himself even just through nature. So I think atheism is something that we all can, as lay people who are listening, can be a witness by our joy for God in our life. And people are going to want what you have when you're joyful with your faith. That's my take on that, Bishop Strickland. What's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to where is the joy in life yeah. if there, there truly was no God? I mean, it, it, joy comes from knowing who we are and the, the meaning of life Amen. and what, what, what is valuable. So absolutely. And to demonstrate that joy yes. really helps others to, to see that if they're thinking there's no God, that um, maybe that they'll, that'll help to change their mind. Well said. And you know, Bishop Strickland, in the, in the brief, in the catechism, I want to tell everybody about, in the catechism, after you read the sections on each commandment, they have this called in brief. It's kind of like repeating what you just learned by reading the paragraphs. But I love, I love this commandment. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, Jesus said the same thing later in the Gospels, but I, I, I bring this up because, you know, love is really, it conquers, as St. Maximilian Colby would say. And, and so I think that we have a lack of love in our culture. And when we don't love, I mean, Bishop Sheen's had it this way. He said, if one loves, everything is easy. If one doesn't love, everything is hard. And so an atheist has no supernatural outlook on life. I don't know about you, Bishop Strickland, but I feel sorry for people who think this is all we got. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you, it, it leaves people empty. But And as you talk about love, uh, yeah. Terry, what amazes me, and, and we know the, the Gospel of John says it just as clearly as possible. Yes. God is love. Love is God. And... I think that um, really understanding God's love is is so important because we hear a lot about love, mm-hmm. but it's it's an empty, uh, self-centered love that isn't really love at all. God is love in the sense that He pours Himself out in creation through His Son in the gift of His Spirit. Um, God's love is is beyond our fathoming a, a, a gift. And it reminds us, we who are created in God's image, we really flourish when, like you said, when we love that way, mm-hmm. um, we really flourish. And um, another little story or image from my experience, the um, I love to visit our Dominican cloister Dominican sisters. All right. I, a, a lot of the people in our culture would say, "Man, what a a boring, empty life." Oh no. These ladies live, don't do anything fun, and are just by themselves and praying all the time. These must be bitter, 
you know, unhappy ladies. And it, it I always am amazed the way <laughs> they laugh yeah. and the joy, it's just contagious. And one thing that, um, just another contrast from probably, and I, you know, I'm a priest. I was ordained to the priesthood 35 years ago. I went in the seminary eight years before that. So a good chunk of my life, I've been what you might call a professional Catholic. I've been living <laughs> in the church and, and being a part of that. And I was surprised how joyful these oh, yeah. cloistered women were when I got to, as a bishop, I have the privilege of actually going into the cloister and visiting with them. And they know what's going on more than I do, and they're joyful. Even if they know what's going on, they're connected to God, clearly. And that's, you know, that's the source of joy, because the more we connect with God, the more we know we are loved. And that brings us joy, because isn't that what every person really longs for? And all this turmoil that we see so often comes down to, if not always, but certainly an element of the turmoil and the violence and the, the division that we're seeing, mm -hmm. uh, like we talked about earlier, tearing down statues. What's that about? Those people don't know real love. They don't know God in their lives. And if they did, they would be building. And that's what people who are joyful, that we imitate God when we're connected to him. God creates. He created us in his image. And you can look at the tremendous, you mentioned Louis Pasteur, yes. <laughs> the great accomplishments through the years, oh, yeah. the wonderful world that God has allowed us to use our talents and the technologies oh, yeah. and the marvelous things that we are too good at destroying. But certainly, thankfully, many creative people have cooperated with God's grace and done great things, accomplished great things in science but been, they've been aware that those accomplishments originate from God. And so it, it is a joyful life if we remember that. And I mean, here we are spending all this time on just one commandment, <laughs> but I think, and, and let me yeah, do it. just highlight that, here. that, you know, I think it turns in these days and we'll get it once we get to, honor your father and your mother. Fourth commandment. Um, yep. Those are people that give you commands yep. or commandments. And we don't like commandments. Um, we tend, especially as Americans, and here I'm in Texas, we might say in Texas, you especially <laughs> don't like commandments. We want to be free. We want to be able to do our own thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Um, and so commandment is a somewhat, in our culture, a pejorative term, mm -hmm. but these are ultimately commandments of love. And they really, I, I like to think of the Ten Commandments as more of, of sort of a God's manual for how to be happy. Absolutely. Um, he knows how he made us. He made us in his image. And when we become focused on our world and on ourselves and forget God, that's why he gives us a commandment that we shall only worship God. Um, because when we start getting caught up in this world, we it all gets distorted, and we start losing what real love and what real joy is. Well said, Bishop Strickland. And I just want to add that 
I have read an article from a Monsignor in the Rockford, Illinois diocese about bringing people back to church with COVID-19. I know your own diocese, uh, you know, for a certain amount of, I think it was like almost three months, we didn't have our churches open for Sunday Mass. And, yeah. uh, you know, to, to implement that first commandment, now churches are beginning to be opened up again. People are getting to Mass. Confessions are being made available. I would just like to ask you, not just Tyler Diocese, but what would you tell people today who might have not been going to church, uh, you know, they're not coming back right now. They're just waiting, sitting on the sidelines saying, oh, I'll go watch a stream mass or I'll go just kind of kick back because, you know what, I kind of got used to not going to church now on Sunday because for a couple, three months, I didn't go. And so I wanted to ask you, if you had a few minutes with an individual, what would you tell them today on helping them come back to Jesus in the mass? Well, I would... uh... I would just really point to human experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've had a lot of people say, just uh, another um, example of, we've probably all seen the images of someone in a a nursing home. Yes. And for the protection of people, I understand the reasons, but it's been difficult for people to be in a nursing home and not able to have any personal contact with another person. Mm. Um, it, another little story just to, to throw yep. out there that um, I remember from as a kid, um, this, the, just quickly the story is little kid is, has a bad dream and is scared and comes running out of their bedroom and jumps into bed with their mom and dad. Sure. Probably a lot of us have done that. Oh, yeah. It's, and the little kid um, is, you know, just curls up next to mom and, and mom says, Johnny, we've told you, you know, don't be afraid. If you have a bad dream, just say a little prayer. You're okay. We're here. You don't need to come running in here. And Johnny says, well, I know, mom, but I needed somebody with skin on. Uh, <laughs> I love that little story because that's what we need. Absolutely. We need that personal contact with each other and with God. We'll be back. We'll be right back, Bishop Strickland. We got to take a quick break and we'll come finish with our last segment. Jesus said to the apostles in Luke chapter 10, Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. According to St. Boniface, In her voyage across the ocean of this world, the church is like a great ship being pounded by the waves of life's different stresses. Our duty is not to abandon ship, but to keep her on course. May our Lord help us remain ever faithful to his church to aid and defend her. Healthcare news today seems to be coming from everywhere and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. 
Dr. Asetta is a faithful Catholic in the Kern County community. He is trustworthy, well-researched, and will only give expert opinion on matters in his own specialty. Catholic teaching at its entirety is of utmost importance to Dr. Asetta. Give Dr. Asetta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617. 661-695-6617. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back for the final segment on the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're going through the Ten Commandments with Bishop Strickland. And the next week we're going to be covering the Second Commandment, You Shall Not Take the Name of the Lord Your God in Vain. That'll be another couple weeks probably because there's so much to talk about with the commandments. And I just want to recommend something to people. And that is, can get the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is my third appeal for it because you need to study your faith with this time down. Now, some places are still having, uh, you know, a lockdown. Stud- take the time rather than watching a TV show and studying a catechism with a Bible. And you learn so much about your relationship with Jesus. But Bishop Strickland, you're the Bishop of Tyler, Texas. Uh, you've, you, you're on the east part of Texas, for those who don't know that. It's a small town compared to all of Texas. But here you are teaching the whole world something that your office teaches you as a bishop to go out and teach, govern, and sanctify. I'd like you to just, and I love your stories. i got to be honest with you. Stories are what really grabbed me about the commandments. And I, I just want to remind everybody that it's so important to know your faith, love your faith, and live your faith. But it's hard to to know your faith if you don't know it. In other words, it takes time and effort. I bet, Bishop Strickland, there was a time in your life, and you can be honest with the people. I'm, I'm, when you were a young man, you were Catholic. You talked about this on the Terry and Jesse show, where you really didn't know a lot of reasons why you were Catholic, but you knew you were Catholic. And as you got your formation going, things started to open up, and you really, uh, it opened your eyes, and even to the point of becoming a Catholic priest. But what would you tell our listeners who still don't get the importance of knowing your faith? In other words, I'm just going to give you a quick point. I know my wife, okay? We've had four children. I know her intimately, and my love for her is really uh, sacrificial. And it seems to me the analogy for our faith can be as similar to know your faith and to be intimate with Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about knowing him personally, not just head knowledge. What can you talk about on that topic? 
Absolutely. That's one of my favorite topics, Terry, because um, the way I phrase it, yeah. and I, I just borrow this, but most of the things, like you said, we learn a lot as you go through yeah. life with the church. Yep. Um, to put it in the terms that I like to think about, I would like to ask people, mm -hmm. is Jesus Christ a person or a personality? Mm -hmm. in your life. And I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in another segment about coming back to Mass. Yes. If Jesus is just a personality, then you can probably watch Mass on, on your computer, and that's fine. If Jesus is a person in your life, just like you're talking about your wife. Yes. And I think that I often mention this same uh, image at, at marriage formation, yes. because... Your wife, you are happily married. I'm sure life isn't perfect, but <laughs> no. you help each other through the imperfections. Amen. Um, but your wife is a person in your life. That's right. You know much about her, and you want to because you love her. Amen. You want to know more about her. That's the relationship we need with Jesus. Amen. And ultimately, he wants us to have that relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. God so loved the world that he sent his son so that we could know God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So is Jesus a person in your life or just a personality? There, you're a personality for a lot of people. I guess I'm a personality for a few people. It's true. Um, but we all have personalities in our lives. We sports figures or, you know, Paul McCartney, I knew as one of the Beatles. Yeah. I've never met Paul McCartney. He's not a person in my life. He's a personality that I'm aware of. Yep. And I think when we, that's as much as we know Jesus Christ, that he's a personality that we're aware of. Mm -hmm. We've read something about him in books or maybe even seen movies about him, heard lots about him. If he's not a person, then it just doesn't have the impact that is intended. Um, so I would just encourage people to really continually ask themselves, is Jesus a person or just a personality? And the more he becomes a person in your life, the more you get to know him and want to get to know him more, certainly through the Eucharist, through all the sacraments, but especially Eucharist and confession. If you really haven't been to confession in a while, get to know Jesus in his forgiving love. Yes, he's that's transmitted through the ministry of a priest. But it's Jesus, Father, Son, and Spirit, really, but Jesus forgiving us in the name of the Father and through the power of the Spirit. Bishop Strickland, I love it. And you know what this reminds me of is our devotion to the Holy Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. I want to tell a quick story. This was in the Catholic Times, the La Crosse in Wisconsin, June 6th. 2012. Check this out, everybody, about a person of Jesus. The NASA scientists did some experimenting with special types of cameras that could see energy levels in the human body. This is then seen on a monitor. This energy shows up as an aurora around the body. So NASA's interest in the experiment was to investigate the effects of space travel on astronauts in orbit. Now, what's this got to do with our fate, Terry? You'll see. Experimenting in a hospital, they discovered that when a person is dying, the arroyo around the body is thinner, 
and gets thinner and thinner until the person dies. So the scientist carrying out the investigation in the hospital and his associates were behind a two-way mirror. They could see their camera, another man coming into the room with light coming from his pocket. Then the man took the object from his pocket and did something that in the camera, the whole room was filled with light. And with this camera, they could no longer see what was happening. They ran into the room to see what was causing so much light. They discovered that the dying man was being given holy communion. Afterwards, with their cameras, they could see that the arroyo around him was brighter. Although the scientist was in his 50s, this scientist conducting the experiment, are you ready for this, Bishop? He became a Catholic priest. Whoa. I know, that's the, that's the kicker on it. But you see, he, he actually realized through his study that Jesus Christ was there in the Holy Eucharist and he wanted to know more about that and it, it, it impressed him so much about his belief in the real presence, it made him study to become a Catholic priest. And this is just eight years ago, the article ran. I, I bring this up because of what you just said about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What's more personal than receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? All right, I'm turning it back to you, Bishop. Well, absolutely. It's uh, <laughs> very personal and really tying back into the, the very first commandment. Yes. Um, God has commanded us to know him as the one true God. Mm -hmm. And he loved us enough to send his son, like I've said a couple of times already just in this program, sure. that, that we might know him and we might know he is God. And that's the whole Christian project, you might say, the whole meaning of what we're involved in. It's been 2,000 years, and that's a, a for eternity, that's a drop in the bucket, not even a drop. Um, and, and I think that that is a reminder that, you know, like we're, we're saying, those relationships with others, those are the timeless things. And that story that you told about the, the Eucharistic presence creating a stronger aura yes. for this person who was ill, yes. it just, it, love is energy. And the, the mystery, I, you know, I, I'm a Catholic priest, but I've always loved science. And I think there's a lot of overlap because yeah. truth is one. Amen. Uh, and so those auras that those scientists were looking at miraculously or wondrously, you know, it inspired one of them to actually become a priest. But that kind of energy of God's love is what is keeping our hearts beating right now. That's what's keeping us in existence. Oh. And that's what keeps the world with all the struggles and all the challenges. That's what keeps the world spinning literally, and ultimately good coming out of brokenness and evil because that's coming from God. Yeah, evil is real, and it's a mystery woven into all the goodness that is there, but um, we're created in the image of God and, and challenged to live that goodness, and Jesus is here to help each of us in that personal journey. Um here in East Texas, people love to ask the question, the many wonderful Christians, not Catholic, but Christians, have you taken Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That's a great question. Absolutely. And I, I get frustrated when Catholics aren't <laughs> sure of the answer, yeah. because we, like you said, if you've received the body and blood, soul, and divinity of the Son of God, you should be able to say, absolutely, 
I've taken Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. It doesn't get any per more personal than receiving his body and blood in communion. Well said, Bishop Strickland. I'll never forget Dr. Scott Hahn 30-some years ago when I did his conversion story back in 1980s, late 80s, and he said that very same thing when he gave a little talk on the Holy Eucharist. He said, I realized that, wait a minute, what's more personal than receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? Why do I say that? Because we Catholics have so many treasures, but sometimes we've had amnesia. We forgot about these treasures in our church. And through the Ten Commandments that we're going to be teaching through Bishop Strickland's teaching, I think people are going to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Bishop Strickland, I want to make sure every show we can get a blessing from you. So if you could be so good to bless all of the listeners and pray for them, I would appreciate it. Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all listening to this program, wherever they find themselves, that they may trust that the Lord's love is sustaining them in life and blessing them in ways that are unimaginable. With whatever struggles they face, we pray that they can turn to the Lord and know him more and more personally as their Lord and Savior. And we ask God's blessing for all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bishop Strickland, a little teaser for next week. The second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We have a minute. What, what can people expect next week on that topic? Well, watch your language, I think, is one thing that I would talk about. And it, I would hate to think, uh, I mean, here we are on radio. Yes. Radio, television, broadcasts sure. of any kind. I'd hate to know the, the word count of how many times the name of Jesus, oh, no. the name of God is used in vain. Yeah. And we need to pay attention to that. Next week, that's what we're going to talk about, the second commandment here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio with the Brickship Strickland Hour. I'm Terry Barber, host of the Terry and Jesse Show, and I'm honored to be with you today. And I would just also ask God's blessing upon your family, your friends, and also ask you to ask Jesus Christ for more faith every day. This is a good practice because we need strong faith in these days that we're living in. May God bless you and your family. We'll have you back again next week, same time, same station, on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests Oh my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, Grant it love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.